Hi, my name is Chris Little, and I am the host of The Lifestyle Chase. In 2018, I started this show to have meaningful conversations. I've interviewed over a hundred different people, both in and out of the fitness industry. This podcast is something I'm incredibly proud of. Welcome to season four. Thanks for joining me. So welcome to episode 200 of the Lifestyle Chase. I am 200! You made it. You were the one. Um, I am the one. <laughs> so I am joined by the one and only Janelle Rodriguez. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day here in New York City today. And I have to pay tribute to this being another guest that comes to me via my connection with Kyle Dobbs. So basically... Kyle Dobbs uh, gets credit for quite a few of the New York guests on this show. Yeah, definitely. So, um, what what has life been like for you this past week? Kind of like get us get us uh, introduced to uh, your lifestyle. Um, mostly it's just like training my clients, Olympic weightlifting. You know, I do. And like, I'm just home. I'm a homebody. <laughs> like, I don't like going out. I don't like socializing. Uh, I went hiking this weekend, which is fun. And I usually don't take my phone when I hike. My mother hates it. Because she's like, what if you fall? <laughs> what if you fall? Something happens and I don't know anything. I'm like, so I took my phone this time. But we didn't like take it on the hike. We just left it in the car. That's smart. I mean, like yeah. phones, uh, can drive us crazy i mean they are good for safety but they yeah. can also like completely wreck our day um for anybody that is listening i highly recommend they check out the compound performance radio episode with you because that'll kind of fill in the gaps of things that we don't talk about i um, haven't heard it yet <laughs> you didn't even listen to the show that you were on i can't listen to myself like you know I just, like i just I let it be i let it be out there I laughed. I laughed hysterically at some points. I mean, it was it was good. There's lots of jokes, some uh, dog cameos. So it was very enjoyable. <laughs> um, but if you were at if you were in an elevator and somebody uh, asked you to say what you do and you were just going to answer however you felt like answering, I guess it would be an elevator pitch. But we're just going to visualize you're actually in a physical right, elevator. How, how would you introduce yourself? I usually go with the whole, like, I'm a fitness coach, I'm a trainer, because, like, I feel like it's uh, the trainer kind of name has gotten, like, a bad rep all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm not a trainer, I'm this, this and that. It's like, no, like, the general population sees you as a trainer, that's what you are. Like, no one understands these other things. So I go for, yeah, like, I'm a fitness coach. I work with, like, recreational athletes and a lot of moms and nine-to-fives very basic yeah well i mean that that whole like profile is very relatable to me because i like to keep it simple um yeah. i think we have relatively similar careers you've just worked with a lot more people than i have but yeah. there, there's going to be some <laughs> correlations here and there um 
With that being said, I always take people back in the time machine. Not always, but just every so often when I get a suspicion and I'm like, hmm, I bet this person has a story. So what was life like for you if we go back to grade eight? Grade eight? (laughs) Um, So I was raised, like I'm born and raised in New York. um, And like, I think you've heard this, like I, I was raised in the projects of New York City and like bad schools, bad neighborhoods and all that. I ended up going to college for business and finance. And I ended up in corporate America. I was, I was, I worked a nine to five and my life was just like nine to five, go to the gym. And I used to suffer from like knee pains and back pains. And one day I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, like I was dating someone who was a trainer at the time. And I saw the relationship that he had with his clients. And I was like, that is beautiful. Like, I want that. And I started lifting, I got my serve, I started working for Equinox first. And that kind of developed the rolling ball that it is now. But it's been a lot of just like, you know, you eat shit as a trainer starting off and then eventually like you grow to like filter people out. But yeah, back to eighth grade, yeah. (laughs) We were in the hood. (laughs) Chris, we were in the hood. Well, I mean, there, there's a lot to your kind of uh, ascension in the industry that sort of stood out to me as I was listening to the other show. Um, yeah. I mean, you just went through your introduction very fast. You like tapped fast forward and you went through like probably like five, six years, super, super quick. Um, yeah. Some things that stood out to me were you kind of started in business at like a fairly young age like oh yeah what what was the the, the instigator for that kind of thing yeah so i when i was 13 um my parents lived like they wanted they built a house in the dominican republic and like my mom would always be like oh i'm never gonna enjoy my house like i just want to live there so i lived in dominican republic from the ages of 13 to 14. um there, I got a certification in like nail tech and I owned my first, my own business. I started owning my own at the age of 13. I was just doing people's nails. So when I got back to the States at 16, I got a job as uh, a secretary's assistant. And then I moved to like managing a supermarket. And then I was, I was working in a supermarket and then two jobs. I was working two jobs. And I was a full-time college student for three years because I finished my bachelor's in under three years. I was like, I'm, I'm going to finish this quick. Um, so I went from, then I was managing three franchises for Metro PCS. And then I went into T-Mobile. And then at T-Mobile, I had a business client who, they had a whole bunch of business lines with me and she slipped her card. Like, listen, we're looking to hire someone like you. I had told her that I just graduated. And then it like, it was like one thing to the next introduction introduction. And I ended up starting off with the company who was around the corner from the team mobile I worked at. Um, I was data entry and then I moved up data entry, project coordinator, head executive. Like it was just, it was fun. It was, it was a fun transition, but I couldn't do it, dude. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Well, I think the cool thing is that everything that you've done in the past would play into your career inevitably, like as a trainer. I mean, I've experienced it in my career. There's lots of things where I kind of feel like I almost have like a head start over other people just because of the past like work experience. 
um, when you were like getting these opportunities, like you were saying like one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, could you pick out any trends, like any things that you were doing that uh, caused this to happen or any ways that people were connecting with you? I don't think so. I think it was more of like, like I'm big on, you know, right, uh, right person at the right time. I'm very big on like things like the timeline of existence already exists and you kind of just go through it. Um, I don't, I, I don't think so. No, no trends. Just ba basically like this opportunity after opportunity came up. Um, but I feel like touching back to the, what, how my experience has gave me like an advantage of like running a business for me is not hard. I did the paperwork and QuickBooks and all that for the franchises that I manage. I know how to manage my business. And then when I was working for Equinox, I was good at closing. But again, like I was working for T-Mobile in sales. It was it's that background that I had. Like I can pick those things up. Well, it's it's true. And it kind of goes back to how you chose to describe yourself. You are a trainer. You're not like some yeah. like fans i'm not even know. gonna <laughs> guess <laughs> i might i might offend somebody but anyways like, like your identity your identity like yeah <laughs> so it's just that that's the important thing like we are simply like working with people and we're integrating some improvements that make their lives a little bit better we're not like um, reinventing their entire life where yeah. we're teaching them how to lift. And then outside of that, how are we going to build them? How are we going to retain them? How are we going to appeal to them? Um, when you were working yourself to be able to close a sale, was yeah. there ever any reluctance or was it just that you had had so much practice from a young age, essentially selling things that did it come easy? Yeah. Well, not at all. No, because like when I first started being a trainer, like, I don't know, crap, like, Oh, I don't know PRI. I don't, I don't know none of this. So I was just kind of like, fake it till you make it. And I know that if you say things with confidence, like, people are going to believe you. <laughs> so I did get hesitant. I got a lot of no's. Like, that's obviously very common. And I think it was mainly like, I was just talking about this, about like men were usually the, they don't want to be trained by a female. That was mainly my no's. And I'll never forget this. I got this guy once who like straight up, like just kind of just treated me like, yeah, you're not training me. Like I was assessing him and he was just like, no. And they gave him to another trainer who ended up on the first session tearing his uh, pec. He put him on the bench, tore his pec. And I was just like, if he would have trained with me, <laughs> like we might've done that a little better. <laughs> like, but yeah, no, yeah, a lot of hesitations, but you got to take no's. You, you need to learn how to accept no's. Well, it's, okay. it's absolutely true. Like you kind of, you kind of talked about how like in the start of anything really, but in the start of fitness, you kind of have to like eat shit. You have to like sit in the mud and uh. just take it for a bit. Um, with, with regards to that, like you, your schedule got pretty packed. How did you survive psychologically? <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. So I have really bad anxiety to the point. Like I posted about this recently about like, I don't eat for four days. I can't even drink water. My body feels like, like I, my, my mind thinks I'm dying or like something and I'm overthinking. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. Where like, you're just in this hole of thoughts that you can't get out of for some reason. And it's worry after worry after like anxiousness. And like, you know, your reality, 
like you like you're fine you have a home you have food like you're not gonna die but like you're just dreading yourself in whatever emotion whatever scenario is happening right and i i don't i feel like a lot of people usually like if you're a trainer i can see how like clearing your schedule and kind of taking some time for yourself is important for you at that moment of anxiety but with me there's times where i'm like dying inside of like a mental breakdown right and i'll meditate but i am praying that my clients don't cancel because they're the only thing getting me through the day so there's days where i'm literally like just I've cried all day, like all night or something. And then I have like 10 sessions back to back. And I'm so grateful because I'm like, like, it's like my energy is getting coming back because I, I love my clients now that I train. Like I, oh my God, it gets me emotional every time. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's important to point out because like a lot of people work very differently. Like some people do feel better clearing out their schedule. Like for me, yeah. when, when I feel stressed or anxious, I actually work harder. So when you're talking about that, how yeah. you're wanting your clients to pull through and, and show up for their sessions, like I'm, I'm the same way. And, um, I find that, uh, a lot of times people kind of think that, oh, well, like I, that one solution didn't work for me. Like we're always like blasting out like, oh, meditate or oh, yeah. journal or have a drink of water and like, uh, say, like, say a chant before you go to bed. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just people, people operate differently. And sometimes it's not what it seems like if a person went and looked through your profile, Aside from that recent post, they would not necessarily guess yeah. that you had all of that, that you're, you're kind of facing. But the truth is like, I I've interviewed enough people that I know we all got our demons. Like we're all a little bit messed oh, up. Or... Oh my God. Yes. 100%. <laughs> and I think to like being in the industry, like now, like I've trained so many people and like, I've picked up body language and like just commute the way they communicate with me about certain things, but like, I can pick up all my clients traumas. Mm -hmm. like the most common one i feel like it's like a lot of mothers that like fat shame their child very common i come across that so i think my like my biggest struggle with that is like working within my scope and what i can do and how how i can move the needle within that trauma but yeah definitely well i mean yeah, that's like a whole rabbit hole in itself. And yeah. like when when we think about interactions with clients, like for me, I get so much business advice from my clients. I can only imagine yeah. what it's like for you. So like oh has have there ever been any like turning points where you completely it just com completely blew your mind? Something that your client said that like changed how you saw how you were like uh doing your business? Um yeah, so I train uh uh, I train a writer, a few people in finance um, and marketing, and they, like one of my clients is very big on like boundaries and like setting the tone, whatever. And I was struggling with firing a client that I, I needed to fire. And she just made it so, like it, it's, it rolled out exactly how she said. She's like, you know, just like set your boundaries, you know, set your tone, communicate and just put your foot down. And like I, I did, and she's like, business is gonna roll, but even better people are gonna come in. And she told me that like on a Monday and like Wednesday, I, I like 
Tuesday, I fired the client. Wednesday, I got two new inquiries. I closed two clients. And it was just like, okay, <laughs> we're going to be fine. We're gonna, everything's going to be great. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah. So when you talk about firing clients, I mean, I've heard lots of people say like that's something that they get upset when they hear like other trainers might be like, why are they firing clients kind of thing? Why, why don't they find another way? And I kind of understand where you're probably why you had to do it, but like, let's unpack it for people who would be in the same position as you so that they can hear your perspective. So like what kind of went down? Yeah. So I'll give you guys two scenarios. So there's of two different clients that I feel like someone else might fire, but I don't. And then there's this client that I did fire and someone else might have not. So client A, she doesn't really like working out. It's a struggle to get her to train. We get through one circuit, but like we joke around, we relate about the same YouTube stuff. You know, she freaking adores me. You know, when she has her mental breakdown, sometimes I'm her seeking like comfort. We've been training for like over like three, three and a half years now. And yes, it's a headache client. Like she's not consistent, cancels last minute sometimes, but she'll try here and there, but it's fun. We have a great relationship. It's okay. She pays my rate also, like it's fine. Client B that I fired, it was more of like, she would change my program. I would program and she'd be like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And I feel like doing this. And if she didn't sleep well, she was like terrible, like just so bad. And I was like, I, uh, I don't think this is going to work out. Like I, I kind of text her very professional. Like, listen, I have these like principles and methods that I trust about myself and I'm just not willing to compromise that anymore. And I, I think she's a great client. I, I'm sure she'll work out with someone else who's a little more flexible with that, right? There are trainers who just let the client run the show and that's okay. I have clients that they, you know, they love their crunches, right? Even if I don't fully always agree with it, or maybe I'll modify it to my style, but let them do their burpees and crunches. That's what they love. It's, they're fine. They're not in pain. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, I yeah. think something else that will help is like how, how many sessions do you run per week? Like some people might not even have a clue. Um, I've averaged about 30, I average about from 28 to 35 sessions a week. Okay. So that is yeah. probably more than a lot of people that are known for saying that they fire a client. And so that kind of puts you in the right, clear. Right, right. I, I mean, it, it shows that you have the right attitude. You know how to apply effort in your career, but that you also need to be doing things that align with like your fundamentals or else you'll go crazy. Like, I mean, one, like it's not a fun session. Yeah. You know, we're not enjoying it. You talked about how you went hiking recently. Like what else do you do in your life to kind of balance things out? And how do you make sure that you do it? Cause sometimes people talk themselves out of doing the things that uh, balance out life. Um, so I do take piano lessons playing the piano is like a very long-term goal that I've been wanting to master. So that is two times a week that I have a piano teacher. I love to go hiking, as you know. Um, I don't know weightlifting is like, <laughs> like, is that considered? But I also do want to compete. And for the most part, I just watch documentaries and read and bike. Like, not much. I hate to socialize, Chris. Like, 
despise it. My best friend is an extreme extrovert. I love her, but it's such a healthy relationship when you have friends that understand your introvertness. Cause like, she's always invited me places. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to go. And she's like, okay. Like she takes it very well. And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> well, that was like, that was a game changer for me this past year is really realizing if I communicate, cause I'm an introvert too. So if I yeah. communicate my introvertedness to people and like paint the picture, then they can understand why my reactions are the way they are. And they don't get yeah. like offended. They're just like, Oh, okay. That, that's how his brain works. That's how he works. Yes, and because like, yeah, yeah. Because like, I'll just walk out of a get together or like a dinner party. Like if I, if my, if I, my energy just drains for being around the rest of me, I just leave. <laughs> well, I, I think I was watching your Instagram story one day, and you're like, "Yeah, going out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> going home." <laughs> there was like five minutes between the stories. <laughs> Yeah, it was my cousin's birthday. Like they were clubbing and they wanted to go out more. And I was like, I want to go home. And she's like, no, you're not leaving, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of just sneaked out. (laughs) I'm leaving. You talked about how like lifting was one of your things that you do to kind of balance out your life. And I noticed that you recently purchased your very own barbell. So what's the story behind that? Like, was there just no other barbell or did you have like a a special connection with this barbell? No, no, no. So I I train out of hype. Um, That's mostly where I run my external sessions that clients that don't have gyms in their building. Um, Because I have clients that come from Jersey, Queens, Brooklyn. So like Union Square is a very centered gym. It's easy to get to so much transportation. I'm so like, I'm so booked within my schedule that I need flexibility if I have this goal to compete, right? So I don't always have time to go to Equinox. I'm a member at Equinox. Like I don't always have time to go to Equinox and like then come back to the gym and train my clients. So I was like, I need to find the easiest way to just make everything happen. So now I'll have a session 9, 10, train it an hour right away and then have my 11 instead of having an hour to like rush to Equinox, come back, like, you know? So just goal setting and making life easier to get to your goal. Basically. Yeah, well, I mean, it like, I've only seen hype through the internet, but it's a lot of like Kaiser machines and Kaiser stuff, Kaiser equipment, right? yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is like, as time has gone on, like I looked at, at my Instagram and I'm based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, maybe like one small section of my followers are all New York because I've interviewed so many New York trainers that I've kind of like almost- it's a big market here. <laughs> I've familiar, familiarized myself with the training community in New York as though I live there, but yeah. uh, I'm all the way up here in Canada. But at the same time, like, what has it been like networking in such like a densely populated fitness market? Like basically if you don't like somebody, you don't have to interact with them and you can go find your people that you like and interact with them instead kind of thing. What's the, what's that like for you? Like interacting with like, like tra- other trainers? Just kind of like carving out your little mini community of like-minded people that kind of help you through the ebbs yeah, and flows of yeah. life. Um, it is... It is a blessing. Like I, I do have to say, I'm very blessed with being able to have people like I have Kyle at arm's reach. You know, I have Pat Davison at arm's reach. Like it's, I filter it by ways of like, if you're smarter than me, I, I want to know why, right? So 
I'm also very big on like the females, like Samantha, she's amazing with the kettlebells. I love that I have her at arm's reach as well. And um, Samura, she's also very smart in behavioral change. And I think I filter them out just by the qualities that they bring, but also to like our friendships. Like Cal and I like joke around all the time about stuff. Samura and I like have very similar senses of humor. So it really comes down to like, you gotta have some kind of really common personality with me and also understand my introvertness that I don't wanna hang all the time, <laughs> you know? But for the most part, yeah, it's a very small circle, very small circle. Yeah. I try to do it myself. Well, I mean, that's fair. And I think that is uh, one of the missing links for a lot of people. Like some people are in the pursuit of making as many, like creating as many followers or, or people who like everything that they say is possible. But the truth right. is, if you just find a few people that are kind of like your ride or die people and people that you're able to communicate effectively over a long period of time with, like that makes a big difference. Yeah. Like all the different things that happen in our world or in our social media, like just whether it be um, just a disagreement or a new trend um, to be able to communicate with your people, despite all those things, I believe makes a big difference because like uh, no matter how, how many years we're doing this stuff, like these things are going to come up and then how are we going to ride that wave with, with our people sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you seem like the kind of person who always has something else on the go. I think I heard that you have like some, some property in other areas or something. (laughs) (laughs) So other than like running my own business as a personal trainer, I have, like I have investments in the stock market and I do own properties in Dominican Republic. I am working right now on building a villa to like Airbnb it. And just like, like, I'm not afraid that I'll fail, quote unquote, I guess, as a trainer. I just want backup, just in case. Who knows what happens to New York or like, I'm not, I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, it's fun, it's fun. It's, it's interesting working with like architects and getting their perspective and like, you know, you think you can build a room here and they're like, no, like that doesn't make any sense. Like, and then they bring out this perspective of, well, like the sunlight here and like if the stair goes here and it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I'm excited. It's a long-term project, but coming soon. Well, I think it's really cool. Just the fact that you are aware of the value of like kind of doing multiple things. That's, that's kind of something that I found myself in just with my hustle attitude and if you kind of put yourself in a box, that's all you are. You're just stuck in a box. Like that's exactly. Yeah. What if somebody takes away the box Then you got nothing, you know, <laughs> it's also to like the New Yorker. I feel like New York will make you tough, man. Well, I think a lot yeah. of people, if they're still in the industry after all the COVID stuff, like everybody's <laughs> tough. To go. <laughs> yeah. Good. You pass the test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When it comes to uh, lifting, what was the first thing in the gym that you actually started to like? Like some people, they'll kind of go to the gym reluctantly and they're just doing the thing. What was the thing that kind of sparked for you? Um, it was deadlifts and squats. Yeah. Like before I knew what hip hinging was, and like knee dominance, like it was terrible form. Like this is when I was working in corporate America and I would like do my nine to five and go to the gym. It was squats and deadlifts and I was getting strong. And I look back at those videos, it was like cringing. 
but still, and it still has, like I, when I started, um, I think that's why like, I love Olympic weightlifting so much. And I see myself doing it for as long as I can for the most part. Um, but definitely deadlifts and squats just nice. because of the beauty of progressive overload and just getting stronger. Well, sure. I mean, it's that simple. it's very simple, very straightforward, but like, yeah. uh, you talked about how you'd want to Olympic lift for as long as possible. And the cool thing, like the gym that I contract out of, um, one of the trainers is, uh, um, he would compete in the masters if he competed. I'm just trying to find a polite way to say how old he is. But anyways, <laughs> he, nice. he's crushing yeah. it in the gym and he's getting up there. He's a grandpa. And uh, nice. so it's just so cool that. to actually see it in real life application. And he coaches a bunch of people in the gym. Like uh, he's basically like everybody's like uh, dad, just within that, the realm of like fitness and, and yeah. gym life. I would love to like, see him. <laughs> will do. Will do. Yeah. Um, he's actually also been on the podcast, so I might even send you the episode. Oh, perfect. Even better. But it, it is cool to kind of see where a person has the desire to um, continue fitness and continue just crushing it into their old age where it's not just a short-term thing, where it's a long-term yeah. thing. Um, something that I'm curious about, because like for me, I have like four notepads by my computer. I write down um, things for the podcast, write down things for some of the contracting stuff I do. I write down nice. lists and that's how my brain works, but your brain is even busier. So how do you keep it organized? Um, so I have three whiteboards in my house. I have a whiteboard on my, in my office next to my bed and in my kitchen. <laughs> so I just, because I feel like I'm, the phone is so distracting for me, at least. Like I, I can't focus on, a, I can't have like reminders on a phone. And I only put my schedule on my phone with my clients and my personal things. But with little things, when I have client check-ins, when I have to update, when they send me a special request or something like that, in the moment, I either text it to myself or I whiteboard it. And then I have post-it notes around as well. Um, but that's just, my system is just whiteboards. The, yeah. And if I need to like save something for real, for real, like I'll just take a picture of my whiteboard and like favorite it. <laughs> Nothing fancy here, Chris, at all. No, but it's kind of funny because you know I, mean? I have a whiteboard in my kitchen, which is like steps away from where I'm standing right now. And then yeah. I have two like portable whiteboards just in case I run out of whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you ever listen to audiobooks or read books to kind of help with the business sense? Like, does that part of your brain ever get hungry and you want to feed it more? Um, I actually don't. Um, I, I think, you know, I did, uh, Kyle's mentorship. I did one-on-one -on -one with him for like a year or a year or something like that. And also coming back from managing franchises, being an executive, like, I, I never really dibble dabbled on business books. My books are usually like Einstein or Pablo Picasso's autobiography. Like it's usually like a fiction or an autobiography or it, rarely in fitness now, like, or comic books and mangas. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love my anime. I do love my anime. 
Well, I think that it's good that you do that because for myself, sometimes I need to remind myself to like get out of like the fitness and the business fitness, arena. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you have to. Well, yeah. one thing that helps me is this podcast because like not only is it a chance to like socialize with people, but then all of the production that goes into it. Like if anybody has seen it from the first episode, like it's had a serious glow up as far as like quality Hi. production goes and stuff. Um, so if anybody doesn't already do things that aren't fitness um, or business, it's pretty important. Otherwise we, we pretty it's much like a robot. Like, yeah. just, like, it's just one thing like, laser focus and like they master it for the most part right well but i'm just i need some other stimulus when it comes to you got your whiteboards you got your uh future airbnb myself, you got all these things yeah. um how do you project things out for the future like do you are you a visual person do you have a vision board do you uh, write I, don't know. Oh. <laughs> I journal a lot i journal okay. a lot and I, I always talk crap about leaving New York because I just all the time. I talk shit about New York all the time. I'm leaving. I'm like, like I get tired of like, I don't, for those who are listening, you can have four or five, just four or five sessions, right? Maybe in three different buildings and just traveling this small city. It's just it's like, I get home after five sessions that I've traveled to like exhausted because the stimulus of the city, like it catches up to me, but it's just, it spoils you. So like, I always thought like in the next five years or something, like I moved to freaking Seattle or something, Some, somewhere where like there's a big national park, I can hike whenever I want, but then like I have a 24 hour deli here. If I want to bike around real quick, I can, <laughs> I can catch the sunset 15 minutes away from my apartment. You know what I mean? Well, that that's very relatable. Like, I mean, I've had lots of times in the last year where I've been like, I'm just going to pick up and move. And like, there's, there's, yeah, certain... like, <laughs> I'm going to leave. Yeah. There's like variables that always kind of get in the way. I admire you for that. I admire you for that because I can never, I, I don't think I can. Well, I mean, I, I went to New York once when I was like 16 or something. So when you talk about like yeah. that whole like sort of intensity, that routine, that whole palpable feeling of what New York is, like I get that. Yeah. Like I grew up in the country and I, so I was living in a rural area when I went yeah. and visited New York. So I got the full contrast. But at the same time, like I, I liked uh, Matt and Kyle's description that it is not like it's not like the movies. Like it doesn't smell like sunshine and roses and it's not it all perfect. Not. Yeah. It is not. Like, I have a friend who lives out of Ohio and she's like, Oh my God, I just want to like, move to New York and live in New York. And I'm like, your nervous system cannot handle New York. <laughs> <laughs> it does not. No. When but it, sure, it's nice. It's when staying. it comes down to like, uh, sort of breaking down that whole like thought process like you've thought about it enough that you vocalize that you you might move one day and like um yeah. when you're thinking about that like do you ever just go and travel to a place and try it out and look around and, like look at the places oh God, and see yeah. what it'd be so, like so i my friends don't be like i travel alone i've traveled like nine countries alone by myself and it's it's i get homesick so like I backpacked Italy by myself. I've been to Denmark. I've been to Amsterdam and all this. And in the time there, like I see it in the first two days. I'm like, 
oh, I can live in Copenhagen. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, sure. And then day six comes and I'm like, mm, can I? No, no, don't think so. But I have traveled often and I think, I think like a big change for me would be like if I got a car to help me escape the city whenever I wanted, I think that would give me a different perspective of like being stuck in New York. Cause like, I think it's just the fact that I can't just get up and go on a mountain or something. Like it bothers me, I can't go to the beach. And like the beaches in New York, Chris, they're not in. <laughs> not, not those, <laughs> they're not in. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I do visualize it all the time. I'm just like, I don't think I can make the big step. And also like I'm a city chick at heart, at heart. Like I love cold weather. So like I can go to LA is similar, I'm, I'm sure, or Miami, like big cities as well. But I hate hot weather. <laughs> I hate hot weather. Well, it's cool that you outline the whole big step thing because a few things that I've learned about myself, um, whenever I'm about to take a big step, I just think about the, like the last big step that I took and I'm like, Oh, I did that. You got through it. Yeah. And, you got through it. Well, I, I think it's an important like skill for people to hone when they're, especially when they're in this industry, because it's going to take a lot of big steps. First of all, it's like, first you're going to have to get past. If you're an introvert, you're going to have to get past that in order to prospect clients in order to start the, right. the wheels turning. And then if you, are tired of working a bunch of sessions for a corporate gym, you're going to have to get into that step of, yeah, you're going to step out on your own. You don't know what the outcome will be. You can have some faith that it'll work out, but you don't know. Right, right. And then as far as lifestyle goes, like we, we see so many people that relocate, like the amount of people that move to Texas, just because Texas, and I've like, heard. it's crazy. I've heard. <laughs> Texas. I'm sure it's nice. I'll probably, I'll go visit one day, but it's a big move over there. And like, uh, I think North Carolina too was another big state that a whole bunch of New Yorkers like moved to. Yeah. I've, I've seen a few people go to North Carolina and then in Canada, a lot of people have been moving to Kelowna. And so Kelowna oh, wow. is like our, our fanciest little, uh, place on, on the West side of Canada. I mean, it's interesting because sometimes I'll have conversations with, uh, Americans about Canada <laughs> and they're like, Oh, I've talked to this Canadian. Do you know them? And I'm like, <laughs> Well, ironically, yes, yes, I do know Alex Effer, but like, <laughs> but it's just, uh, what I find is interesting is diving deeper into the person, into the place, into the topic, because we don't know what we think we know until we know, um, yeah. we can like look at a person's profile and think we have them all figured out and make our choice. But until we have like that conversation with them, um, we don't, we don't know anything. And like, we can see a post on Instagram and we can think we got all figured out. Um, but we don't like, there's so many times we get upset over things that we shouldn't get upset over, or maybe oh, we're, yeah. we're not like captivated enough. Like the thing with your post that you made is a person could have seen it, seen like the first picture, seen you smiling and be like, Oh, yeah. she's smiling. Like, smi keep like going. That's it. <laughs> and so hopefully people kind of get that whole like message of make sure to, um, dig deeper and yeah, like, yeah. yeah totally. One of the things that I get all of my guests to do is give a challenge for the audience. And I want it to be something that's unique to you that you genuinely think would uh, be a game changer for their day. I have to say, cause it worked for me is like 
take 30 days to literally intentionally take one minute to meditate a day, just one minute. Like you got a minute. <laughs> I know you have one minute to just sit, lay down, do nothing and just let your path, like your thoughts pass by. I like that. What does meditation yeah. look like for you? Like for me, I use the calm app. That's, that's how I've been meditating lately. Calm app. Nice. Yeah. I use headspace. Okay. There we go. I use headspace or I journal or I just, I literally like just blast classical music and just lay on my floor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just that. I I've just found that. Hans Zimmer has been incredibly uh, soothing, <laughs> so that's him. that's my I go to. Love him. Amazing. <laughs> Have you seen the Interstellar like piano yeah. on YouTube? It's so stimulating. Yeah. The guy with the lights. He's a yeah. It's good. I'm when glad. I when I do uh, online programs, I need to like get in the zone because I crash yeah. out like ten at a time, and right, so right, right. I play like the the time song. And I am just there. I'm oh, his Interstellar album is amazing. Definitely. Amazing, yeah. With that being said and being mindful of time, that is all we have for today. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the show. Of course, Chris. Thank you for having me. For sure. <laughs>